Welcome to the Clemson Dubcast. It is Tuesday, June 13th, the first of two podcasts this week. If you're already on Tiger Illustrated and you've been on there the last couple of weeks, you already know how tremendous the recruiting coverage is from Paul Strelo. Later this week, we are going to roll out a multiple-part interview from a sit-down with Brad Brownell that we had recently. And it's really good stuff. A lot of interesting topics, a lot of new ground to cover from the play-by-play of P.J. Hall's return to Clemson to the acquisition of Joe Gerard of Syracuse and how that went down. Really good stuff. So stay tuned for that to TigerIllustrated.com. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864-990-458 one or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experience team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Okay, to part two of our sit-down with Nick Eason. This came back in the spring for a lengthy series we did on the website at tigerillustrate.com, and now we are presenting it in uncut fashion, and it is quite the story. Pretty amazing. Here we go. Um, but man, you know, my experience here was good. Um, you know, went through some adversity. Um, was, was you know, lost my roommate, Brandon Rouse. Uh, he was at the movie theater, had a heart attack there. I mean, that was a numbing experience. Can you share more about that? Um, went to... So Brandon was from um, Darlington, South Carolina, mm-hmm. um, outside linebacker, um, signed with us in class in 1998, and um, man, went to the movie theater, um, started coughing. I mean, the day before, man, we went by Wendy's. He was the guy that introduced me at first and made me try fries with ranch dressing. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I used, to, I used to eat fries and ranch dressing. I remember... We were uh, um, listening to Al Green that day. I remember the song, um, What Makes the World Go Round, mm. is the name of Al Green. Mm. Like, what makes the world go round? We played that song, and then we went out to a party at the Armory, which is still here. 
and um, but it was at the old uh, um, theater downtown, which is that's true. This, this is where you work out now. Exactly. Yeah. So weird. I didn't know that. So I pull up. I'm, I'm thinking in my mind because you know Clemson has changed so much. I'm thinking like it was like torn down, but it's not. It wasn't torn down. It was. It just remodeled and kind of restructured. And so I walked in there. I just took a deep breath. I was like, "Oh boy!" I was like, "I haven't been here in like since 1999." Yeah, that's when it happened, man. Spring of '99, start you know starts coughing and um, just went limp, man. Died right there. And I remember that night that we nobody could get in contact with his mom, and so Coach Bowden and I think um, Billy DeAndre and maybe ID flew, got on the plane, flew down, and went to his mom's doorstep and told her what happened. Um, but nobody could get through to her. I couldn't get through to her either. She went out to the phone for whatever reason. And so, but she didn't know anything about it. But man, that was very numbing feeling to have, you know, we had spent that entire day together and then, you know, came out here and signed the lease and having to go back and tell the lady, like, hey, you know, the guy was here with me yesterday, he died. And the lady's like, what? Y'all had just signed a lease? Just signed a lease. A house, apartment? Uh, apartment. Apartment. Okay. Yeah, apartment, yeah. Just yeah. signed a lease, man. I tell people, like, when I talk about my relationship with God, that's the first time I really, like, started really digging into my faith because I was just present and people just thought I automatically was saved, which I, you know, I, I believe in Christ, but I really wasn't studying the word um, just because, like, you know, I went for, I had my, I was, because I wanted to play. Like, it was all about the music. Like, I went to church because of the music. I love hearing the music, the sounds of the cymbals, the guitars, the organs, and, like, I, I couldn't, I wasn't full fixated. I mean, I listened to the words from time to time, but I wanted to make sure the music was right. And my grandfather, if the music wasn't right, you would know because he would look over and be like, that ain't it. Oh, I had some, I had some, like my uncle and my grandfather, from a music perspective, like they would shut you down. Yeah. Like, no, just stop playing. Like you weren't allowed to like, you weren't allowed to go through like, you know, sometimes you just start, you start out playing and you're trying to figure it out. You you can do that in your house, but you won't try to figure nothing out at church. Yeah. Because we would go places and the musicians would be like trying to figure it out. And some of those musicians are really, really good now, but they're in that beginning phase. And, you know, pastor was like, hey, man, we're just going to groom you. It's going to be a little transition phase. Like you weren't allowed to have a transition phase in my church. It's like <laughs> you either going to be in the right key and you're going to play to the right beat or it was like, No. And they would say you know, and sit you down in front of everybody. Like, no, you can't play. <laughs> so you said y'all would travel. Yeah. Where where would you go? Church. Yeah. Just revivals. My grandfather had to speak at different churches. Okay. Revivals, and my uncle was a part of a gospel group called the Golden Tones, and I used to play for them as well. I played the drums at the time, and my uncle played bass and sang. He can. That's one of the things I haven't mastered yet is being able to play and sing at the same time. Yeah. That's really, for whatever reason, because I have to look down sometimes. I don't have to look down now on the bass. I don't have to look at all, but I just can't sing and play at the same time. But my uncle, can he can go. He can sing. Obviously, he's my pastor now, but he can do it all. And so we would travel with the, with the group, man, get in a couple vans, and we would go and you know from Florida to South Carolina. To oh, you're going all over the South? Oh, yeah. Okay. Like traveling. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was doing that on the weekends. Like if I wasn't in sports, I was in the church playing somewhere. In high school and middle school? High school, middle school, yeah. Okay. Yeah, here I am, a little kid. And they're like, he playing the drum? I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're going to see in a second, you know. But, but man, you know, I, um, so when I got to Clemson, I was a part of the Clemson Gospel Choir here as well. And uh, I was a minister of music at uh, 
like Springfield Baptist Church in in Seneca. Yeah. You were the minister of music when it, you were a player here. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, man. I had a lot of boom parts. I was, you know, I was big in community service, man. I love giving back to the community, and um, it was good, man. I, I mean, my my time here was good. I mean, you. I, I mean, my stories were. I mean, oh my God, man. We, we. I had teammates who were, you know. <laughs> I mean, guys would take a trash can and lean up on your door, and you open it up and flood your bedroom. Flood your bedroom with in the hallway with, with water. With, they would fill up the trash water. can with water. Yep. And and then as soon as you open it up, and it's like <laughs> flood your whole room. <laughs> I did. All right. Teammates or oh, teammates yeah. for sure. Yeah. So two, two so that happened. True story. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a funny it's a nasty story, but I'll tell it. So we we I come home one night and um I come home drunk I I'm not drunk but I had been out drinking and um I come to my doorknob and there is a pile of shit feces on my doorknob. <laughs> There's a pile of this is pile of feces on my doorknob and so I'm like uh, you know, so I'm like, like, I'm like the, the Hulk at this point. Like, what the? So I'm pissed, man. And, man, I take a, take a, 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 a um, newspaper and I take it and get off and I go through the entire dorm and wipe it on everybody's doorknob. Oh, oh. <laughs> so listen. Oh my gosh. So I get to the top floor and when I get ready, I guess some people had already called cuz you know people were up studying or whatever. Some people had called and uh, <laughs> the, the AD walks out catches us. The AD. The, not the AD but the um uh, RA RA RD yeah. a resident director RA yeah. Walk out catches so it's me and I think I think Brandon Rouse was with me, who yeah. and maybe Brian, I mean, maybe, but I get kicked out of the dorm, okay, um, and end up getting moved to the honors dorms, like that was a punishment. And so I get kicked out of the Horseshoe in Malden Hall and get moved to McCabe or Holcomb or somewhere on campus into the honors dorm. But I was so embarrassed that I had to tell my mom that I got in a fight. That's what I told her, cause I didn't want her yeah. to know what I really did. Yeah. Right? I wanted to be like, right? so <laughs> I don't be like, wait, man, you got suspended just putting shit on a doorknob. <laughs> so I was like, I got. So they would like recommend I get suspended from school, right? Wow. I mean, for that, and so, man, I told her, man, I got in a fight, you know, blah. I made up this story, and man, oh my goodness. So they sent a letter home about it to my mom and about what really happened, right? And so, mom, she's, you know, you imagine walking in and she's like, Nick, oh my God, she's like laughing. You got suspended because you put boo-boo on a boo-boo on people's doorknobs and she was just dying, hysterical, like laughing. It's not funny, but I was so embarrassed, man. Like I had to do like, some crazy amount of community service to the point where it took me a month to do it. 
And then I had to do a presentation in front of my new dorm about the disease that you can catch from human feces. Oh, my God. I was so embarrassed. What year was this? This is back in, like, 98. I mean, your like My freshman, freshman year. Yeah. I was... That was just... That was crazy. But that was just me, <laughs> like, what was I thinking, you know? But... Because I didn't know who did it. And, like, it, everybody lived in the dorm, and you never know who did it. Because one floor, the lights were all out because somebody, like, shot them out with a BB gun or something. And then the other four was like just party floor. It was just different back then. Yeah. Um, but man, like this community, man, was amazing. So I have my my white parents are from Clemson. That is Bob and Robin Mahoney. Oh, okay. So those are my white parents. Yeah. They, they, his wife calls me son of son of ton ton of son. Mm-hmm. So that they took me under their wings. Um, and really took care of me when I was here, uh, opened their home up to me. I'm really good friends with their daughters, Marion and Allison, uh, one of my you know best of friends. Uh, Allison being the 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 best of the two, and Marion probably be like in her feelings because, mm-hmm. but she's younger. And Allison, we were the same age, mm-hmm. and so uh, we we spent a lot of time together, went out together, hung out together. I stayed at the house. I mean, even through my early through my NFL career. Mm. Um, they were around, man. So they're still, you know, here living, yeah. you know, living in a different house. But man, they've always taken very good care of me, like throughout my career. So they were, they were my parents when I got here. Um, so while I was here at Clemson, John John, who was my um, um, uh, best friend from childhood, died. He had gotten kidney, he had kidney issues his whole life. He got a kidney transplant, but anyways, he ended up passing away. Um, you know, while I was here, um, I lost my great grandmother who lit, who moved in eventually because my great grandfather was, you know, he was really, really like, he was a badass, but he was a mean mm-hmm. person, like just period. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, my grandmother didn't like, you know, the fact that he was kind of, you know, He's always verbally just yapping his mouth at my great grandmother, so she ended up moving in with us, and she actually passed away in our living room, sitting in a chair. Wow! Like, like when this my grandma walked in there, and she was just slumped over, she's gone. At one oh. At at at. Age age. Oh no! This that map that was this is the so this is the daughter of the hundred and six. The daughter. Okay. She died. I think she was like eighty. 687 maybe okay. when she passed yeah in the living room man just wow had a heart attack or something natural cause died and then so my grandfather man he my great grandfather was so so my great grandfather got with my great grandmother remember I told you my great grandmother's mom was white and you know mixed yeah. you know and so she was very fair skin light and so that's where I got my pigment came in plus my dad but my grandmother like she's got a little bit darker skin and some of her sisters are light skin so that's where it started blending mm-hmm. the the pigment of our skin gotten darker you know throughout genes and all that but my grandfather man he was he was mean man he was like six four tall man he was 92 or 93 years old when he passed and he did not like like he hated white people mm-hmm. like like did not care would call you to your face whatever mm-hmm. he was one of those mm-hmm. and um he just had experienced a lot during his childhood 
that made him that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could only imagine growing up in the you know thirties and forties mm-hmm. as a kid, the things that he may have witnessed. He, I never had an opportunity to talk about because I was so afraid of him. Like he would like shoot, he'll shoot you. And like, yeah. <laughs> like, and he would like literally pull a gun out. He would, but man, the weirdest thing ever. So when he got sick, he had bed sore. My grandma had to take care of him. Um, and this is like, so my great grandmother came, like, so they had split up. And so he was in a wheelchair at that point in time, but he still was just mean, quiet. And like, man, he cried at my great grandmother's, mm-hmm. like when he saw her. And it was just like this like moment where everybody was like, wow. Yeah. Like he, it was just, nobody could believe it because he had never shown any type of remorse. He was just like, and the whole town knew him. They were afraid of him. Mm. They're like, don't, do not play with that dude, man. But he was, you know, I was the only guy, like he couldn't, he, I was the only person that he trusted like in his room. Like he had to have a certain, like certain nurses that could only deal with them. But I was the only person that he wanted to shave. He wanted me to shave. He kept a shave. He got old. He got a shave head. We're very, very identical, like looking, mm-hmm. like it. But he was ninety-two years old, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, eighteen mm-hmm. years old. And so, when he passed, I mean, he chose to die. He died. Um, we were getting ready to go to a humanitarian bowl at Clemson, and um, um, man, he died with me while mm-hmm. I was in the room. So that was the first time I watched somebody take their last breath. I was 19, oh, wow. 18, 19 years old. So you were back home for Christmas? I was back home for Christmas before, right yeah. before the bowl game. Yeah. And he passed. And uh, I've been telling him, like, he's like, when you going to come cut my hair, son, grandson, son? And he was just so proud, blah, 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 about me being here. And uh, I was asking, like, when I was going to come home and cut the cut the cut uh, cut his hair. And so when he passed, man, I went to the funeral home before I left to come back to fly to um, Boise, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And I shaved his hair at the funeral home. They rolled him out there. I brought my razor and everything I normally did. Cut his hair and I left. I didn't go to funeral services. And uh, so, you know, you know, I went through, you know, went through you know, that experience. Uh, I lost my great aunt. So my grandmother's aunts, her sisters were all like my aunts, cause that was like my mama. So I call them aunt. And so I remember one 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 graduation, my high school sweet sweetheart, we snuck off. To Brunswick, Georgia. <laughs> I tell people like, don't ever try to sneak off when you're in high school for a prom. So same situation, like very similar to the situation I had with the young lady, you know, the white girl I was dating. But this this girl, I, I did the I, this girl was you know black girl, but we uh she was my high school sweetheart, and uh, I actually have two children from her now. Okay. So which my oldest two are 22 yeah. and 19 years old, but we went off on prom. Um, I told my grandparents that our parents knew, and my her dad was a, was like a, a lieutenant last slash warden at a state prison. Her mom was like a um, worked at a um, you know she was like a property manager, mm-hmm. and and so man, my grandmother was like, "Are you sure? Like I know that girl's parents. I know her grandma too." And I'm like, "Man, are you sure this? They said it's okay for her." I'm like, "Yeah, mama, they she can go totally line." So we go down and stay with my aunt, my aunt who was an educator um, in Brunswick at Brunswick High School. She she was into home ec. She did like the home ec class. She tried to sew and cook and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we stayed with her. She paid for everything while I was there. Went to the beach. You know, we slept in separate rooms and all that. And so man, we we had a really good time. On the way back, man, we ran over some kind of 
you know, sewer kind of like top that scrubbed the bottom of a car and, and bust put a hole in it. And so the radiator leaked out and so the car ran hot. And so that's how we got caught because we had to call our cousin to come pick us up and bring us back home. Oh so I got caught sneaking off <laughs> prom. But, uh, but uh, man, I, I tell you, like, as I start looking back and reflecting on my life back then, man, I, I didn't, you know, there was a lot of issues I had within myself, like trust issues because of what had taken place. And then, you know, and I really didn't know what I didn't know. Like my grandparents didn't know my, about credit. Like I knew about... You know, I, I went to school here, but I didn't take any classes about money management, you know. So I got a credit card when I was here, a discovery card for like $5,000. Um, I got a uh, got some student loans. I guess I was so confident in myself that I knew I was going to go play pro ball or I knew I was going to get a job because I ended up, you know, graduating in three years, which was an accident, by the way. Um, becoming the first student athlete to graduate in three years and have two years of eligibility remaining yeah. in Clemson history. You yeah. know, so so that was an accident. Accident? Yeah, it was not. That was not my intentions. Like I didn't come here like, hey, I'm gonna be the first. Right. Like I just went to school, maxed out my credit, uh, the, the the credits I could per semester, mm -hmm. and then it was like, hey, you're gonna graduate. To the point where, I remember calling my mom and say, hey, I'm graduating in August. She's like, Nick, you only been in school for two and a half years, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, I know, um, but I'm graduating in August. Like, and she's like, cause we, I joke a lot. I, we, we prank, like talk, talk a lot. And man, um, she didn't believe me. She almost did not show up for my graduation. <laughs> they gathered some people up the last minute. I said, hey, you come to graduate? She said, Nick, she said, are you serious? I'm like, yes, I'm not joking. I said, graduation is in the morning. <laughs> and so they just gathered up a few people, man. My uncle who is not, you know, my grandmother's brother who lived in Augusta, he came up with his wife and man, just like a few people, they came up uh, for my graduation. Wow. You know, and so I graduated in, in two and a half years. Yeah. Two and a half years I graduated. Just just maxing out, going to summer school, May semester, fall semester, spring semester. What motivated you to max out? To just do it? I don't know. I just 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 trying to get it done, man. I didn't, and so this blows people's minds. I was not my goal was not to go to the NFL when I was a kid. Like I was I wasn't a kid walking around with a football. If I could have it my way, I was talking to my counselor one year because I had to get counseling after we got fired in, in, in Tennessee. It was the first fall since I was seven that I had not been a part of football. And I was like about to lose my mind. And I asked the counselor, asked me like, if you could be in a space, what would you be doing? And I was like, I would be playing in a band. Mm. Like I would be traveling, playing in a band. Like mm. if, if, now I love football. I love what I do. I love being a coach. But like after this life, I would be in a band and just travel. Yeah. Get on the tour bus and just go. Yeah. And just play from city to city. I would be like a, I'd be like playing a band for like a year. That'd be nice. That that's like my goal. Um, but um, but yeah, man, I just you know, I I just that that's what gave me peace of mind. But I wasn't a kid walking around. I'm gonna be in the NFL at all. Zero. Even when I got to Clemson, my goal was just to get my got a free education. And I was going to compete because I'm just, I compete. I hate losing. It could be Uno. Like, I'm just, I, I like competing. Like, I, I just don't like to lose. I don't like, I hate losing drills at practice. I'm like fuming. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll laugh, but on the inside, I am burning up. Yeah. If you beat me or beat any of my players or if the defense loses a rep, I'm pissed, you know. Um, but, like, I just, man, it just, I just worked hard. 
Um, always looks competitive. Love the weight room, which is why I went from 215 to 295 when I was here. And I just ended up, you know, like, Coach like, hey, man, you're going to probably play in the NFL. And I'm like, what? Who said that? Rodney Allison. Rodney Allison. Told me I was going to play in the NFL. He's like, man, you're going to play on Sundays. And he was a quarterback and a quarterback coach and an offensive guy that played, you know, they ended up coaching me at defensive end because he was – you know, good friends with Tommy Bowden and, and Jack Hines and that whole crew. And uh, I didn't believe it. I mean, you know, so. Um, but, man, that was, you know, my experience here was great, man. You had to, you know, you, you they hazed and they would haze until you fought back. They like, mean the coaches? No, players. Oh, oh, older players. Yeah, older players. They were going to haze you until you fought back. Like, you was not going to be soft back then. Like, it, it that wasn't an option. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Like, you was going to have to fight. Yeah. And then they'll leave you alone. Give me an example. So, so like, for me, like, me and Jodon Reams were the only two um, freshmen that, redshirt freshmen that traveled with the team. And they literally, like, um, Jason Gamble, Postel, like, the, that, that offensive line in 98 that was still here. They would like pick you up and like pass you around on the bus like like this up top like take your body and like pass you around on the bus up, up top like this and so man you would you would you would you would you would get laid down on a bench and they would beat you they would put you in the locker room and you lay on the bench and everybody would come out and hit you or whatever they want to. Oh no question that that back then that was normal. And after a while, I used to, me and my roommate, Brian McNeil at the time, we used to, I mean, we tried to avoid, we used to come in, I wouldn't even shower. I was just showering, I got back to the, because uh, I was just trying to avoid it. And then one day I was just like, you know what, they're going to have to beat me today, because I'm tired of running. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but but anyways, like, you would, you know, you're getting wrestling matches like with guys, like, you always had to wrestle on the bus. One time we broke one of the uh, glasses on the bus. On the bus going from where to where? Like, like from the hotel to the movie. Okay, so the night before a game. Yeah. Fights. Yeah, like you're ra like it ain't like a fist fight, but you're it's like wrestling. We're not like fighting, fighting, but just horse playing really. Mm -hmm. But once I remember one uh, one um, occasion, man, I just got into like you're you know you got your theater and you're down there and they like get up there and make you sing this that, and the third, and then uh, somebody come down and just try to wrestle you. And I scooped him and body slammed him in front of the whole team. Like before or during the movie? Yeah. During the movie? <laughs> yeah. Where are the coaches? Man, most God, I don't think coaches had to contend yeah. back. They're all recruiting probably. Oh, so y'all are y'all are in there players only. Probably. Yeah, players most for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got some administrative support like a. Staff people. Yeah, like support staff, like you know, you you know. Imagine like there only being like ten to fifteen people on the staff versus the right. seventy right. we have now. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, I mean, yeah, man, I schooled a dude up and body slammed him, boom, from the whole team. Who was it? I, I think it was Kenzie Ross <laughs> and back here. I mean, we just, I mean, it was, it was just, man, it was just different back then, man. But uh, I just, you know, um, but my life, man, I was, you know, just, I didn't get, I didn't party. I wasn't a party. I've never been a party guy. I went to some parties. Um, you know, growing up, I mean, but I just never had a, an urge to go to clubs. 
I've seen so many dudes in my time, like growing up as a kid, that were in place in the wrong place at the wrong time and lose it, die, get killed. Mm -hmm. And it was always in the wrong place. Most dudes that I heard getting shot were not the targets. Yeah. They were bystanders. And so, I mean, I, I, I mean, that probably got three at the top of my head and just in the wrong place at the wrong time and the shots break out and, 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 they, and, they get, and they get killed. I mean, I never been the type of guy to drink and drive. I had a friend of mine um, who would always, when I came home, when I was a, my rookie year going into the NFL, who was always um, would would literally um, take my keys if I was out, like drinking. Hey man, you want to be drinking, drive? And then he goes and drinks and drives, getting the crisis and then dies. Um, and and you know that's a whole nother story. Just did you play football? No, he didn't play oh. here. He played in high school. He was one of my good teammates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man, it was it was sad. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, man. He he died. Um, and so. Um, you know, my roommate, so I've faced a lot of adversity from, I've lost, I've experienced a lot of loss in my life. Um, and then, you know, relationship wise, just, you know, I had a daughter, uh, when I was here, obviously was not married, um, from my high school sweetheart. And, um, man, that was hard. I mean, just, um, you know, when I was here, I was driving back and forth to Georgia Southern um every week for the last maybe two months of her pregnancy um just to go to Lamaze, just to go to class with her for an hour and a half and then drive back to be supportive for her i was working at balo i was working at bracket hall um calling people just trying to earn extra money i was washing cars like i was doing all of that while being a student athlete wow. to make sure i was gonna you know help take care of her and my my, my daughter and man, I uh, learned so much through that situation. Um, just from, especially when I brought my daughter up here. I mean, I mean, I, she was about three months old. And man, the first thing she did, two hours in the ride, is she boo booed everywhere and it was runny. And so I had to get out and I had to change a dirty diaper. You by yourself? I'm by myself. Yeah. I brought a three month old baby up here. I was living in Central. I think the Cross Creek is what it was called back then. Cross Creek is here in Central. And uh, I was living here. I mean, I brought her up here. I brought her for like, maybe kept her for like a couple of days. Man, I was worn out. I was so stressed because I was so afraid that she was going to, or what she might do. I took her to class with me. Oh, my God. So I'm walking around campus, you know. I call myself a ladies man back then. I'm walking around campus with a baby in a stroller. What year was this? <laughs> this is, my daughter was born in 2000. So you're a junior? I'm, I'm 19, 20 years old. I'm a junior sophomore, sophomore redshirt sophomore. Okay. You know, and uh, had a had a kid, man, and and that was a lot of a lot of responsibility for me. Um, and and just with that, man, just you know, you know, I left here and 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 thought she's gonna be the love of my life, and we were on and off together forever, and it just ended up not working out. But we had um, two kids together. And um, they're now 22 and 19, both in college, doing very well. One's about to graduate at the end of this year. The other one's obviously will be three more years. And and uh, but they're they're a blessing, man. They're 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 good girls, thankfully. So. So your high school sweetheart, she was a student at Georgia Southern. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I met her. So I met her. I was actually in high school, and she was a student at Georgia Southern. Oh, okay. Yeah. How so. far? I guess that's about 45 minutes, 45 minutes to Lions, yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. So I, I just, um, it was it was a good relationship, man. We, we respect one another. 
and um so it's it 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 was good um but my daughters man it was you know i talked to my players and the reason why i'm able to be such a uh, motivator, especially to our youth nowadays, it's like, man, I've done all the stuff that you're doing. I'm, I, let me give you a warning of what, what, because I've been through it, you know. And if I could do it all over again, man, I would just do it, you know. I would love to have, you know, Coach Sweeney's story, you know, just him, Kathleen. Um, I'm, but I'm thankful for mine because it is, it, I've been able to be a testimony to a lot of kids, you know, um, in the world. Um, but, you know that was that was definitely eye opening for me, and it really changed my perspective. I think the party came out of me once I had my first kid. Yeah, I'm like, oh boy, you know, I gotta be a dad, and what a good, you know, then, you know, money can never replace time, and I always say that. Like, you miss out on so much. Um, just the first day that you know they walk, the first day of school. You know, I try to be there for all that stuff over the years, and I have sometimes been present, other times I most of the time I have not been. And uh, just really experienced a lot of, you know, that was tough. And it, I, I think it affected my, you know, girls, you know, over time. Um, just just different moments and stuff. But, man, they're, they're doing an awesome job now. Um, and, and then, you know, going from Clemson, you know, I was here. Clemson graduated early, you know. I tore my Achilles. I was going to leave early. Tore my Achilles right before the uh, bowl, the uh Gator Bowl, you know, when I was here, and that was eye opening for me. I, I I got to see somebody wrote an article that Easton is starstruck, starstruck because I came off a of bad. I tore my Achilles, didn't really have the productive productive season I had the year before, and had to stay because I'd already graduated. I was gonna leave early. We were practicing in the Jervy Athletic, the volleyball gymnasium, and I dropped off in the coverage. I was only like two thirty five then, and tore my Achilles tendon, and that's how I got big. You know, I was, cause I was a slender guy when I was got here. Even you know, trying, I was trying to put weight on, but I was 215 when I got here, 235, 45, and my body probably would have maxed out there if I had just been like, you know, not tore my Achilles. But when I tore my Achilles, that's when I had opportunity. I put on more weight, got even bigger, you know. Yeah. And so I've always had the frame to put weight on, which is probably what you know Rick Stockstill and Tommy West saw when I was in high school. And, uh, you know, thought I was going to be the next Michael Jordan. Like I told you, I was uh, Georgia State Player of the Year in, wow. in, in single-A, single-A, double-A basketball. Wow. I played on AAU teams, and uh, one of the reasons why I chose Clemson is because I was going to um, walk play basketball as well. And then, but Tommy West got fired, and then Tommy Biden came in and wanted to, he wanted to let us do a dual sport. That was his rule, I guess. Yeah, I think, yeah, back then. But was he let... But but here's the deal. I think too. Keep in mind, like I tore my Achilles too. I mean, I, I just think like I think I lost that hopes and dreams. It, some, there was a change. I don't think he did it initially. His first year. I mean, he had to come in and kind of clean house, man. And uh... if you're in the Columbia or Sumter or PD areas, and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home commercial property, land, need to consider reaching out to Uptown Realty. They're based out of Sumter and run by a friend of mine, Patrick Enzer, big Clemson guy, used to cover the Tigers in a newspaper capacity, longtime supporter of Tiger Illustrated, longtime listener to the Dubcast. The home buying process should be an enjoyable experience, so let Patrick and his staff do all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 803-774-0435 or go to UptownRealtySC.com. 
Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm Smith and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Its office is located beside the Walmart neighborhood market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. <laughs> I'll tell you a story. Like, I was such an alpha male, I, I will tell you this one, that I I uh, kept the whole football team, and he came in. He was running us in the ground, and I was like, we ain't going out to practice. So the whole team stayed in the locker room. This is after he first got here? Yeah. Tried to, I tried to mutiny? Yeah, I tried to mutiny. I was like, we ain't going outside. Y'all stay in here. I mean, so we sitting there. Man, as soon as he came in, get your asses outside. They all scrambled like roaches. i like, man, y'all so as hell. Oh what were we going to do? Just like negotiate? Yeah, I'm like, no, nah, we ain't going out. Man, man I, I just, that, and I broke one of my teammates' jaw. I got suspended for a game, a half a game, when I was in the humanitarian bowl. It was, uh, you know, guys joke about it, but he stomped one of our linebackers. I think it was Leroy Hill. He st- you broke Leroy Hill's jaw? No, I blo- broke one of the offensive linemen's jaw. Oh. When I was here, um, he had his mouth wired shut. And um, but he stomped. He he stomped. He stomped one of our players, and it was goal line drill. And none of the guys, the guys on defense, had ran over to the other field because the horn blew, separated. And I'm like, man, why did you do that? And he's like, man, I, why did I do it? I did it, you know, did it because I want to do it. I'm right here. What you gonna do? And it was like, it off. Oh yeah. Yep. So I got suspended for the first half of the humanitarian bowl. What was his name? Greg Walker. Greg Walker. I remember that name. Yeah, man. I regret it. I, mean, I shouldn't have handled it that way, but I was, you know, I was a different man back then. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, you know, I went in the club. Wasn't a, I mean, I went out, but I wasn't looking for no trouble. I've never, the fights that I've gotten in in my life have always been defending myself or defending somebody else. And that's it. I, I'm not look. I'm not looking for fights. Um, now, a few of my probably could have walked away from, but most of the fights that I've gotten to that point, like the people, just really deserved it, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> At that point in time, but you know, um, so you know, I have a little brother and a little sister from my mom, and uh, you know, you know, um, they both are. You know, my my brother's a minister of music. My my sister is a you know. Uh, she works at a uh, company down in Statesboro. I don't really know what she does. And then there's a 13 kids on my dad. So in the midst of all the stuff I just told you about, I have these 13 other siblings that I really don't know. Um, one of them, my brother, Joey, who is towards the, you know, one of the older ones, he is kind of always taking upon himself to kind of reach out to me. Um, and then, um, my sister Wanda, who I met one time, she's the oldest of all of us and she lives in Florida and I think she's a pastor or married to a pastor or something, but I really didn't have like a recultural relationship with none of them. And so 
man, true story. I'm in, um, so I met Joy and then Wanda. The rest of the crew I met over the last literally 15, 20 years. They've been popping up. Not popping up, but I just kind of ran and ran. So my sister, Shante, who was a travel nurse, now walked into a uh, food line and I tried to talk to her. Like, like a relationship. Oh, yeah. Okay. Bad situation. And luckily, her mom was there, and her mom's like dying laughing. Like, when I, because she knew I was trying to flirt. Yeah. Like, I think I whistled at her or something, or, you know, hey, you know, and the mom knew who I was, but me and the sister, my sister don't know that we're brother and sister. And man, I was like, wanted to throw up on myself once she told me. Like, I'm like, what's so funny? And she's like, that's your sister. I was like, what? Oh, uh, so sick. And so my dad, you know, had, and I never had a relationship with him to know who was what. And then my brother Joey was kind of finding out who was, where they were, who they were. And so I'm meeting, I got a sister over here. I got, a, you know, a brother over here, you know, who's, you know, I got a, the brother over here that lives in Florida and there's two sisters down there. And so I'm starting meeting people up until even like five years ago. I'm at the house because uh, my dad ended up having a stroke, okay, and it really, he doesn't probably remember half of the people in his life just because it really messes his brain up. So I go by there to see him, and I'm there, I'm like, hey, what you doing? You know, he does remember me, and he's like, you know, but sometimes I don't know if he's my, you know, my name, but I think he does, but he was kind of, so the income, and walks this young lady, dark skin, beautiful, and I'm like, and I'm thinking it's like, because my dad was like a, you know, a little bit of a Casanova. Yeah. You know, a male kid of Casanova, he loved the women. So I'm thinking like, okay, you got it. I'm like, man, she look really young. I'm like, I mean, she come in and she ain't speaking. Like, she just, she don't know me and I don't know her. So I'm thinking like, she's going in there. Like, she, you know, like, is lit there. And I was like, who are you? And she's like, who are you? I'm like, I'm a son. She's like, well, I'm his daughter. Wow. And I'm like, holy smokes. And her name's Stephanie. And she was the last, the last one I met. And she's wow. 40... She's probably 45, a couple years older than me. And she's an accountant. And uh, so, man, I going through life, I think it never bothered me until I had my daughter. And I started wondering, like, how could my dad, like, be seven miles away and never yeah. engage in my life? And I think that really done something to me. And, and that's why I struggled um, with, with in, within my relationships and marriages, you know, just... Cause I, you know, I had an example at home. Like my grandparents were married for sixty-seven years, but they were so busy going, 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 going. Like I didn't. They took care of me and showed me how to treat people and showed me how to respect people. And I know what you're, you know, from wrong, from right, man. But I just had some trust issues and disconnect from that. And I think not having my father around bothered me more than what I knew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, you know, no big deal. But it did probably do something, you know, bother me on the inside. And I probably had some a disconnect, a hurt, a pain from that and not knowing, you know, not knowing that and never sought help for it. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, just living, you know. And when you've been in my shoes, you're just going, 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 going. You're not, that's the last thing you're thinking about. I mean, but I mean, I've, um, you know, going into the NFL, man, I just... I probably in a month, one one month my rookie year, just because I was flying people in, you know. Keep in mind, I find out what how what you know my my signing bonus is four hundred and fourteen thousand dollars, you know. That's cut in half about that's about two hundred. My base salary was two twenty five. That's probably one forty. 
Mm-hmm. I did the dumbest dumb thing and got a two trucks before I got drafted. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a Yukon Denali XL, paid cash for six that's sixty two, and I got a uh, a Lincoln Navigator, which was like sixty five. Put rims on it, another seven thousand dollars. So I've spent almost one hundred sixty thousand dollars on vehicles mm-hmm. before I got drafted. And so when I got drafted, you know, that loan company that I loaned through my agent wanted their money. And so I had a, there goes half of my money. I spent six, seven grand in a month one time my rookie year. Just spending, 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 giving, 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 spending, 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 spending. And man, just, I was like, I didn't know. Like, I'm making so much money that I wasn't even paying attention to what I was doing. I bought my grandfather a Cadillac, and I always wanted to take care of my grandparents. Um, man, I, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, they lived in that little pink house and probably until like my third year live in 2005, man, I bought them a new, got them a new house. Um, and, 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 um, you know, my, I, I wanted to always help them. I mean, anything they needed, they can get from me and I would go broke to do it. Um, so my second year, my second or third year, and this is this, I'm pretty, you've been getting some really deep stories some crazy stories for to come here through the second so i leave denver colorado was was great man was living out there it was it was a lot man i had a young daughter and then i my my you know kim is her name that my my daughter's mom got pregnant again and then so i had a daughter on the way i ended up getting sent to europe because there was an nfl europe league back then and so when you got hurt that was kind of like your red shirt year they use that league to kind of, you know, you know, get you some playing time if you didn't play a lot. So I didn't play my rookie year because I had a partially torn Achilles. Tore my Achilles when I was here, and then I had a partially torn Achilles when I went to the combine. So I, I did the Hey Rookie, Welcome to the NFL show. Um, I was selected to do that because I had a first round grade by some teams. Yeah. And it ended up going to the combine, and then that I got dropped. I dropped into the fourth round. This is the same Achilles. No, oh, the opposite one. Yeah. Holy crap! So, so, oh I, so I got, a, I got, a, it got issues with that man. The Lord blessed me to play a long time, anyways. But, I mean that that happened. You know, I got all stuff going the draft. I have a story too. Before I get back into you know the other stories, man, where you know agents. Oh man, I had agents out the wazoo. Was was I didn't know who I need to be with. Man, I had an agent report me to Becky Bowman when I was here. Because cute, because I wasn't signed with them. I wouldn't sign with. Them. I didn't sign with them. They reported me, man. I was. I got investigated by the. Or did you? To like said, I was taking money and all this stuff. Oh my god! You know, I. I mean, I was. I didn't nothing. Nothing happened, but I went through an investigation um, because of that. You know, um, I. Uh, you know, Denver was good. I mean, when I when I. Um, you know, I, I got to Cleveland. That's when I, I I met I met some not so great people um, in Cleveland. Not my teammates were awesome. Um, you know, different culture. You know, I just 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 in the NFL. Just you know, had Bush Davis, Romeo Cornell. But I going from Denver and going to Cleveland was 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 a lot different. And you get to see because we went to the playoffs when I was in Denver. Had a very veteran team: Shannon Charles, Ed McCaffrey's of the world, Rod Smith. You know, John Lynch, you know, yeah. Champ Bailey. Those I play with all those guys and and then I you know, I get to Cleveland. A lot of talent, man, but just really bad culture. Um, but while I was there, I I came friends with this guy 
uh, named uh, uh, Kevin Harris was his name. He was from like Youngstown, Ohio. So great dude, um, so great that he actually flew home like and 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 met like knew where I lived at and met my grandmother and granddad. Brought them down. He he painted my truck a chameleon. Everybody was into the my Yukon Denali XL that I bought, which I still have by wow. the way. Um, I, he he painted it a chameleon color for me, so I had it painted a chameleon color, and uh, you know so he had a, he owned a body shop and then he wanted to start getting into a forex trading. Okay. So he created this forex company and, you know, people were going to get 10% off their money monthly. You know, me not being a finance guy, that's a pretty good deal. Right. And so people are investing into this, his, this, I never invested into it, but I got three of my teammates to do it. Man, you get 10% a month. My teammates are like, oh crap. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting involved, you know, too. Um, so man, you know, one thing led to another. Um, what was really going on, this guy was going around, was using my name at the time and saying, like, hey, we got some Cleveland Browns involved. You're really getting an investment. People were getting like second mortgages and on their homes, churches, et cetera, and putting money into this investment, you know, um, thing. And, and man, listen, it was a Ponzi scheme. Like a pyramid. It was a pyramid. Yeah. And once you don't get no more people to put money in, it was a problem, man. I had guys um, from Youngstown um, that were threatening to come and kill me at my house because they thought that I had their money. They thought that you were sort of. I was, yeah, and then I didn't even know. I had not known that he had accumulated two, three million dollars. Wow. I didn't know that much money was in that got put into it. And man, look, I had to. Um, that summer, this all happened in like the off season. This is probably been two thousand four or five. Man, I I, I got, um, man, I I took money that I had and paid people off, like all my savings. Mm -hmm. I emptied my savings to pay some of the people off. One, I didn't want to get killed. Pay, pay off the people who were threatening to kill you. Well, that too. But those people, I was able to talk to them. And they knew kind of like I was kind of innocent, but whatever. But these were like bona fide, like mobsters, people that will kill you for real. And so, man, I ended up having to uh, empty my savings. So I have any money off season. I have two daughters. Um, I had to, I told a buddy of mine so he wouldn't know. And his name is Chris Posey. He owned a non he earned he 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 owned a landscaping company, and he um, literally allowed me to work at his landscaping company. I I told him that I needed to lose weight, but I really needed the money. Mm. And so, man, I worked, which I lost weight because I showed mulch. So I did landscaping the whole off season. As a cleaning brown, as an NFL, NFL brown. cleaning brown, I was working for a landscaping company, shoveling mulch, working for this guy. In Cleveland. In Cleveland, around this and Cleveland and the surrounding areas, all the way to Youngstown. This wow. was working, man. I was shoveling mulch off the back of a truck, and I was literally I had a sweatsuit on, and I just you know kept my head covered and like was mulching. They just pulled truck up mulching. I was like, let me do it, let me do it, but I was working to 
like cover make sure my kids had everything they need and then uh so i wouldn't fall under so i had to go to this um subprime lending place and um get a loan just to make sure i covered all my bills for the off season and so i in the off season one off season man i was working for a landscaping company trying to stay afloat because i emptied my savings trying to help people so because people were about to foreclose on their home churches that took out loans i mean it was just a mess man um and uh and and so man i that's that's my like uh story that a lot of people don't know that i did that yeah did anybody recognize you no you had the hood on yeah but nobody knew people were, like he just thought it was like i needed that money like he thought like it was just i was doing to lose weight which i didn't right. lose weight i got in shape don't get me wrong like, i was in hell of shape it's because you're carrying you're moving stuff but man i i yeah i was i did that man and so I went through that, um, and then I, um, you know, I met a guy um, while I was there in Cleveland. Cleveland, <laughs> I met a guy who had just got out of prison. I went and spoke at a halfway house. I got a house where people, men who were exiting prison, were um, transitioning back into the world. So I met this gentleman, man, um, good dude. Uh, was locked up for murder. I found this out after we were friends, but he went to prison for 30 years. Like he got out, he's probably 70 now, 60s, 70s. Um, was he got out? Man, he had tortured uh, and one or two guys to death in their basement. Like tied them up and and like shot like. After he got out. No, this oh. is why he went to prison. Oh, uh, why he nail gun? But these gentlemen had it was a retaliation. But man. Um, he, he, they beat his brother to death and put him in a wheelchair permanently for for the rest of his life. And so he kidnapped these guys, tied them up in the basement and tortured them to death and went to prison for like 30 years. And you met, hooked up with him when he got I hooked up with him because I met him through speaking engagement. So he went out, he was going out in the community, like speaking, you know, doing a good thing. And, um, he was out speaking in the community, man. And. So I leave Cleveland. Um, my contract's up there. I thought I was going to go work for the FBI because I, when I, I uh, was here, I was a criminology major, so I worked for the um, Probation and Pardon Parole Services in Anderson. So I have a lot of friends who are now in law enforcement that I see on game days where I was interning at. So I was going to take the schedule to take the FBI test um, when I left the Browns because I'm thinking, like, that's – probably just finishing up my fifth year in the league. I'm like, I'm probably not going to play anymore. And that's something I really wanted to do is become an FBI agent. And so I'll schedule to take the test. I'm at Orlando and the Steelers call me and I end up in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So I go to, I go to Pittsburgh. I, my first year there, um, the gentleman that I told you earlier, you know, we becomes my friend. He is, um, I let him use my vehicle. He knows where I live. I let him use my vehicle, man. Get a phone call. He gets stopped. He has a gun, which belonged to me, which I told him to take out. I had a license to carry a concealed weapon. He had a gun. I told him to take it out of the vehicle. But the when the police found it, the serial numbers were sawed, like, oh, sawed off of it, right? Yeah. So I'm like, holy smokes. Then they found, like, he had an open container, weed, whatever. He's a convicted felon, right? And so, man, I had to appear in court. Like, they took, like, they... Like I had to be, I had to be there at court, and so one of our uh, liaisons of security um, drove me over there, um, 
to Cleveland to go to court, man, and it just got dropped out of nowhere. They dropped it. Dropped. The case, dropped his case. Yeah. I didn't want to be in charge for anything. Yeah. I just had a period that because the vehicle was in my name, the guns were in my name, but I was, it just got dropped. Wow. Over me, just trying to be a good, good guy. <laughs> like I didn't I mean you know then the guy was the nicest guy you can ever meet mm-hmm. like he, he never you know and so man like over time like I've tried to like help people and I'm like not doing it I mean yeah. there are multiple stores where people were about to I've paid for funerals of people that you know like a buddy of mine who got killed I just dropped out of the funeral home knew they were doing a fundraiser going to pay the funeral home and just leave and don't even tell them and just mm-hmm. run into the mom like four years later she sees me at the restaurant she's just bawling crying mm-hmm. she's like I never had an opportunity to tell you thank you but I heard what you did I've had people about to get out of their homes that I've helped and I forget like I'm not an Indian giver like I do things out of kindness in my heart and that's really truly it I don't want nothing from you you know because that's 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 a blessing for me to, for myself to be able to bless you mm-hmm. and so I don't so I have multiple stories like that even Man, I, I couldn't. I didn't have to give those people my money, and and empty my savings, but I guess I just believe that the Lord's gonna take care of my bleeding myself. Like, okay, I was thinking to myself, like, well, shoot, season start, you know, camp start back July, I'll start, and so I mean, I showed mulch from freaking February all the way to June. Wow. <laughs> Holy smokes! Yeah, man. So, was the the Ponzi thing? Was that like a in the papers or in the news? Man, so so fast forward, that guy ended up going to prison. You might can find Harris? Yeah, he ended up going to prison, man. It, it got even bigger. He went to Canada. And he ended up got locked. I don't know if he's still locked up, but yeah, it made news 30. He ended up getting like 30, 40 million dollars. You can look, you can probably look yeah. him up. But your your name was never. No, no, no. It was yeah. never, I was never associated with him. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, my teammates, I paid, took money I had, paid my teammates off, the money they had involved, so they were good because I didn't want any bad blood with my teammates. And then I helped some people like churches or people that I knew that were families that mm-hmm. were, you know, going to, you know, be lost, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, man, I, you know, I, 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 that was just a unique, that was crazy, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm in Pittsburgh, two Super Bowls, life is good. Um, Man, and, and that's where, you know, um, I, you know, I found out my mom had cancer mm-hmm. um, the first time. She was uh, 46 years old. And um, um, I remember her being like, you know, I got cancer, but, you know, I'm, they found it early. I'm going to be okay. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, all right. Because my family is like, they won't tell me stuff because they know I'm a, I'm a caretaker. I care. And so they know I'll come or try to see about them or try to, I'm going to try to make this situation better. My mom, before she died, like she was me, you can't save the world. That's what she was yelling at me. You can't save the world. You can't save everybody. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to try. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I wouldn't listen. Like, I, that's just who like, I've become. Like, I'm going to try to help, you know. And so, man, I um, found out she had cancer. Um, and so she, her first treatment was when we, um, went to our first Super Bowl. She had a treatment like the day before the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and she got a treatment and like came down anyway And she stayed in my room after we had won the Super Bowl because she was sick from the chemo her first chemotherapy mm-hmm. and uh, so that was like so Like life-changing for me. I think I had like I remember when I saw my mom um, ball-headed like it just 
Like in it, like I saw her and I wasn't supposed to see her. Like she, I walk in the house and I'm like, <gasps> like I, I guess like for me, like I see people who will go through chemo. I've seen the pictures, yeah. but to see my mom ball headed, like cause she always wore and she never told me that she lost her hair either. Right. 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 She didn't say I lost my hair. So just when you, you know, heads up, like don't, you know, and I'm just like, boom, I had to walk out, I was crying like a baby. And she's like, nigga, it's going to be all right. And but she started taking pictures with a bald head. So she went the uh went through the cancer and um got a treatment and went in remission. So this is, you know, so she's four six, so I was Pittsburgh for her first Super Bowl was two thousand nine. So it's two thousand nine. Mm -hmm. All right. Um so, you know, Pittsburgh, my experience there was great. Love the fans, best time of my NFL career. Um, you know, Went through some adversity there um, with my appendix. So I'm getting ready to turn 30 years old. I go to my trainer, who's re just recently retired, Wiggles. Say, hey, man, I got a pain in my stomach, right? And, um, you know, but it was, wasn't thrown up. I didn't have fever, anything like that. Go through the week of practice. I get on the plane. I fly home. Um, I'm, I am... Um, Get ready to have my 30th birthday, you know, uh, celebration. And so I um, go, they have this birthday party, which I knew because I started seeing people I've never seen in a long time. And I'm thinking like, okay, something going on. Yeah. I'm like, I start asking, you know, I'm asking questions like, hey, why is who, why in time? Why in time? They, they weren't smart about it. Right. Like, I can't see people I haven't seen in freaking forever, and all of a sudden they start showing up like cousins, right? <laughs> like, what are you here for? What are you here for? So, whatever. So, you know, you know, my wife at the time, she had, you know, planned this surprise birthday party. So, I, um, you know, I go to the birthday party, don't eat, okay? They had a, I love key lime cake. Like, that's my favorite cake, mm -hmm. key lime. All right, I can't have it now because I went vegan. So, I get some key lime cake, and um, uh, I ate a little bit of piece, but didn't really eat much. I'm just kind of like blah. And then I, my son Nick Jr., who's now 13, um, I, when I hailed him, I couldn't like hold him close to my stomach. I was like, oh. and so I walked by. God bless my mom. I walked by her, um, and uh, she's laying in the bed, and she's like, hey, well, she's like, hey, you haven't eaten today, because you know I love food, and yeah. she's like, you haven't eaten today, and I was like. And it was like five o'clock in the evening. And I was like, dang, show no I have. I was like, I really ain't home. She's like, you might need to go to the hospital. I'm like, you need to get yourself checked out. You don't, you just, I'm like, oh no, I'm fine, I'm fine. So Sunday comes, I'm literally, um, my Sunday, my kind of, I'm like, I still, I'm not hungry, still don't feel good. Um, go to church, you know, play music, went to celebrate my, my great, great aunt. Uh, well, actually, great aunt who lived to be, I think, 103. She just passed this past year. Wow. Um, um, I was talking to her daughter, and she watched the funeral service, and she's like, I, I mean, I know that you can play the bass, but I didn't know you can play the guitar. You playing that thing? She was joking, texting me. She's yeah. like, man, you are killing that thing like that. And uh, But anyway, so um, I was went, go to a hospital. So a buddy of mine who's a musician, plays lead guitar, his mom is dying. I, I'm, I'm there at the hospital. The ER is right across the hallway. I don't go. I get in the truck, and my brother, it has my Range Rover at the time. I left it down there. 
And I was like, man, just you know, I'm just kind of like, man, I don't feel good. Like, I just can't really pinpoint why I don't feel good. In the truck, take me to. He's like, bro, you sure you can go back to the hospital? Don't listen. Get on the get on the plane. My mom said, Nick, you need to get off the plane in Atlanta because my flight collected in Atlanta from Savannah, Georgia, before I went back to Pittsburgh. Get in Atlanta. Don't get off the plane. Both flights, I sit by nurses. All right, this is the God. This is like the Lord, like. Sit by nurse and she's like, sir, I think you really should go to the emergency room. Like, get off the plane and go, nope, I'm going back to Pittsburgh. Get on the next flight to Pittsburgh, another nurse sitting by me. And it's just like, sir, I really think you should like go to the, you should probably go to the emergency room. You get off the plane. Get off the plane. I get there, a friend of mine picked me up. The same friend that, that uh, you know, who now I told you got, went to her mom's house, got bit by the dog. Her and her mm-hmm. you know, husband, you know, they they're, she's married now, but... Um, but, but man, I got bit by the dog. She picks me up and she's like, you really should go to the emergency room and you don't look good, blah, blah, blah. Man. So, um, you know, at the time, like me and my wife had separated. My family didn't know that. Um, and, um, we ended up divorcing or whatever. And so, man, I, uh, I go back home, back to my condo. There is nobody in town, no teammates. The only guys in town is Stefan Logan, who was a returner for us at the Steelers. He's like five, six, but he can fly. He's fast. And I'm laying in the bed. I cannot get comfortable. And so I call my friend, uh, Mary Donna Ravazio, and, uh, still friends with her today. And, uh, I called her, I said, Hey man, I like, something going on. I need to tell me. So she's like, hey, do me a favor. I want you to, and she's an OBGYN. She's a baby doctor. Yeah. You know, she takes care of women and delivers babies. And she's like, I want you to press on your left side. I want you to release. And so when I did that, it sends a wave to your appendix. So my appendix, it actually burst. Wow. It ruptured in Georgia. Like it had cracked open. And so that poison was leaking you into my septic. system. So I was getting septic, right? And I was like, oh. So I'm like, literally, feeling like I'm going to pass out at that point. And um, she's like, can you can you get up? And I sit up, and I'm like, oh, I can't. Like, I don't think I can. And she's like, who's there? She's like, I'll leave. I'm on call, but I'll leave work. Got to get you. Got to get to the emergency room right now. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. I feel like I can't walk. I feel like I'm about to pass out. And she's like, and so it just so happened, like, Stefan happened to be there, and so he comes. I'm six four, three oh five, and he's five six, one seventy five, whatever. Helps me get into his two door car. We go to get me in the hospital. Man, I tell you, man, I went into the hospital and uh, get there, get settled in. Are you allergic to anything, sir? No, I'm not. You know, not allergic to anything. Boom, boom, boom. And you can tell something's wrong. Well, for me, when I've been in hospital rooms and people are moving fast, but they're trying to stay calm because they're probably trained to do that. Right. But they're moving. Like, people are, like, like moving, moving, moving. And, you know, I'm watching all this going on. I'm like, okay, something's this ain't good, right? And so um, they give me an antibiotic called Zosin. This is when I found out that I was allergic to something, so I get Zosin. So I have a severe allergic reaction to the antibiotic. Wow. So the, my friend... Uh, Vanessa, who was there at the time, 
um, she's looking at me and my eyes start puffing up. And so she starts crying. I'm like, what are you crying for? She's like, your eyes are like, like swelling. I'm like, really? And then I'm like, all of a sudden I start itching. I break out in hives and then my throat start closing up. Oh my God. So here come the nurses again. They're like, oh, sir, you having a little bit of reaction? I'm thinking, like, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's mild. They're like, yeah. no, we got to. So all that happens, then all of a sudden they want to transfer me to another hospital. So I'm like, no, oh, this can't be good. Right. So I get transferred to another hospital and I get there and they were going to take me to my room. But it's like, we don't have time. That's what I hear them saying. They like, don't have time. What the hell? And so, man, all I did, I remember getting that, get me up, rushing me up. And I remember getting in uh, on the table and the, the big light. That's all I remember seeing. And I remember them cutting my clothes, like cut all my clothes off and like had my arms strapped, like strapped to the table. I mean, I woke up, I was on the ventilator. What? Like breathe. Yeah. Couldn't breathe on my own. That appendix had ruptured um, and that poison spread throughout my body. Um, they had to remove part of my intestines. Um, and then um, the doctor came and Mr. Easton, like, I'm very sorry, but you're going to be very, very sick. I, I, and I just couldn't say nothing. All right, we'll stop it there. This story is <laughs> as almost unbelievable as it is captivating. Just the series of, of traumatic events that this guy has, has gotten past. And you'll see or hear, I guess, even more. Coming up Thursday, that's when we're scheduled to release part three. So stay tuned for that. Thanks to everybody for listening. And of course, thanks to our sponsors as well. Cheers.